Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. So are you ready to be touched by God this morning? Nothing wrong with that. I want to be touched by God too. Just stretch out your hands. Lord, we receive out of the kingdom of heaven today. We receive you, Holy Spirit. We receive your power. We receive your presence. We receive your touch. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts. Amen. And amen. Be seated. Praise you, Lord, today. Praise you, Lord. Don't get all quiet now. It's about to get ugly. I'm going to do you a favor this morning and not hold anything back. You know, I usually hold things back. Amen. I want you to know when I give you these updates, I'm not doing this so that you hang your head. I'm doing this out of the second chapter of the book of Thessalonians. You and I are the restraining. That's, listen, that's not a position where you walk around like this. You need to, everybody needs to read that book specifically through verses three through eight when you get home today. Now you know what is restraining. Now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is raptured, until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. Everybody that you see that you think is winning is going to lose. And listen, listen, lose big. Lose big. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. I could put them out of order. That was 2 Thessalonians chapter uh, chapter 2, 3 and 4 last, and then 4 through 8 first. I'm getting texts from Pastor Rodney right now. I don't know how he does it. He's preaching right at this moment. <laughs> he does that. I can't pull that off. I, I can't do two things at the same time. I'm, you ever wondering why we're kind of like the noise Nazis around here? It's me. It really is me. I want you to shout, clap, say amen, all those things, but like crinkle water bottles or jingle your keys while I'm preaching drives me nuts. <laughs> I don't want you to, listen, I do not want you to bow your heads. He is the glory and the lifter of our heads. I'm telling you this so you know that you have to restrain. But you restrain with joy. You restrain with power. You don't, rest, you don't restrain by, by, by just sinking your head and saying, you know what, things are tough. Times are tough. Listen, things aren't even tough for us. How many tithers are in here? Yeah. 
Look at this church, amazing. I love you guys, you're the best. I mean, there's 90% of people just raised their hand. And I couldn't even tell if anybody didn't, in all honesty. You're not part of this economy anyway. Don't worry about the dollar. Don't worry about the debt. Don't worry about any of those things. It has nothing to do with you. God will, if gold is still valuable, then, gold, then God will manifest gold right in front of you. You just walk into your house to be a pile of gold. You're like, oh, Tom, oh, you're one of those health and wealth preachers. Yep, because that's the Bible. That's the Bible. A lot of the problem is, is that people don't preach the entirety of the word. You got health and wealth preachers who don't preach hellfire and brimstone. Don't worry, you'll get both here. You're sinning today, you're not gonna leave here without conviction. Believe me, it's coming. People wanna move mountains. There's only one way to move mountains and that's to have the attitude of God and that starts with having his attitude towards sin. That's coming right after the COVID update. I'm just letting you know that we were right the whole time. It only took a minute. If you're, if, you're, if you're a pudgy preacher that pushed a police car around for 25 years, and you just took an, 10, 12, 15 minutes and actually studied out what was going on, you would have never, ever locked your church down. You would have never strapped a mask on your face and you certainly never would have vaccinated. A lot of people think that I'm against the vaccinated. I'm not against the vaccinated, I'm against the vaccine. And here's the thing, if you want, anybody who's vaccinated wants you healed. And you probably need to be. That's not to scare you. That's to save your life. I remember working crashes out on the interstate. It's the worst, worst place on the planet, there's cops in here, to work is the interstate. Nobody sees you coming. Everybody, no, nobody sees you from however far away it is, no matter how, how big your blue lights are on. Nobody sees it, especially in the rain. You're out there, if you, if you work in a crash in the rain out on I-75, ask any cop that's in here what's gonna happen next. The second crash, and then the third crash. You're never leaving, you'll be there all night. Because no matter how, how big the blue lights are on, nobody sees you. They can, they're just not paying attention. It's like, it's wet. It's wet. You don't want to approach a vehicle that's not moving at 90. Because then when you slam your brakes on, the rear end of your car does what? And you're crash number two. What I'm telling you now is, is, is the blue lights. I'm giving you the blue lights. It's not, for you to, it's not for you to hang your head, it's for, so that you're alert. So that you take the appropriate action in joy, in victory, in power. Nothing else, not ominous music. Too many of you watched all those movies, the Christian movies always have ominous music. They're either weak, watered down, mumbo jumbo, or ominous music. Oh, the day of the Lord, thou cometh. Oh. Why, why, is it, why would we ever spend one moment in our lives living as ominous people? What's, what is your strength? Nehemiah 8.10, what is your strength? 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. A lot of you, I don't know, when am I ever going to get to the message? A lot of you believe that your affliction is a blessing. You do. You bring it into the room. You're like, I can, you know, I can relate to depressed people because I'm depressed. I can relate to divorced people because I'm divorced. I can relate to all the women who have horrible husbands because I have a horrible husband. I can relate to, to all the Christians who never smile because I'm a spirit-filled believer who never smiles. Even I couldn't pull that one off. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that has a married heart, merry heart has a continual feast. A merry heart doeth good like medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. That's Proverbs 15, 15, Proverbs 17, 22. Memorize those verses. Those of you who minister through affliction. Notice how nobody's getting saved? You're just bringing people into your affliction ranch? Into your goat rodeo? Nobody wants what you have except for the other depressed Christians. No, no, no lost persons being won into affliction. Who would want that? Amen. All the days of the afflicted are evil. Stop being afflicted. There's a very big difference between being victimized and being a victim. If you get victimized, you know what? Tie it off. Leave it in the past. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth. No, they're too big. They're, the scriptures say, unless it's too big, you don't know the tragedies that I've been through. Listen, I'm looking around this room, and I know people in here. I still know a lot of people in this room personally, or I knew their families personally. And I know what you've been through. And I know it's been brutal, but you gotta tie it off and leave it in the past. Let go, let go or get dragged. Let it go. No matter how tragic it was, don't be afflicted any longer. It's not doing you any good. It's only doing you harm. Broken spirit dries the bones. It's not, listen, it's not that I don't see. You may think, my wife, my wife tells me this. You may think that I don't care because of my style of preaching. Nobody cares more than me. I'm telling you, I care about you. I care so much about you that I'll risk my relationship with you for your betterment. I will tell you the truth out of the word of God for your benefit, even if it costs me my relationship with you or your attendance to this church. No matter what. My goal, love you, brother. My goal is to not fill this room. I hope it's full. I like it when it's full. I do. I enjoy it when it's full. Is it mildly depressing when it's empty? Yeah. But my goal is to preach the gospel because the gospel is the almost too good to be true news. I want that for you. When I tell you to drop affliction, that's for you, not for me. When I tell you to tithe, that's for you, not for me. Amen. More Canadians died in the first quarter of 2022 than any quarter in 10 years. 
No, that's impossible. Because the first quarter of 2020 was the epicenter of the pandemic. How is it possible? How are more people dying now? You need to, if you go and you go to accurate sites, which would exclude all mainstream media, and track these two words, excess deaths. Because that's what's happening now. If you're wondering why Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, while, why Deborah Burks, Trump's task force leader in COVID response, why they're all backtracking now? Why is it that Moderna's suing Pfizer right now? Why are they all backtracking? Because, listen now, if you follow me, you've already seen this. They can't hide the bodies much longer. You can't. You just can't hide them much longer. When you have more deaths in the first quarter of 2022 than any quarter, any quarter in 10 years, and that's not counting the second quarter, because remember, at this time last year, most people were still unvaccinated. This is only the beginning. The biggest plague in human history has been unleashed upon mankind. And we in the church should care. And I want anybody watching, there's usually between two and 300 people watching us live. I want you to know that we care, and even if you're vaccinated, you're not, we're not against you. We want you healed. That's it. The Holy Ghost will barely let me get through a podcast without having people lay their hands on the screen and pray over them to be, and to have that, I call it leeching, may not be the most scriptural or spiritual sounding thing. Leech that vaccine out of their body and all damage is healed. I care about people. I want people to live. The number one cause of death in Alberta, Canada is unknown. Seriously, that's number one cause of death. Quote, unquote, unknown. That has never happened before in human history. Ever. Number one cause of death. There has been a 542% increase in excess deaths amongst those zero to 14 in Europe. They can't hide it any longer. That's why they're all backtracking. Uh, Sue Pfizer! That's what they're doing. Moderna, who's partners with the NIH. They share all the patents with the NIH. So all the NIH scientists follow the science. They're partners with Moderna, profiting with Moderna. It's agenda-driven. 75 members of Congress own Pfizer stock. It's an absolute fact. A right-wing, cons- what, is what is this, Alex Jones Church? Uh, yep. <laughs> this be a whole lot more Bible coming in a minute. Alex Jones is a backslidden Baptist, just so you know. Rod- Rodney Howard Brown and him are like this. Seriously. Rodney Howard Brown uh, hosted his show and did an altar call. The man can't go anywhere without doing an altar call. 
But Alex Jones asked him to do the altar call. Listen, are you, are you claiming that everything that Alex Jones has done is right? No, I'm just telling you what the truth is. I, I don't care about the political consequences. I just tell you what's true. What's true is true. It's not, it's not. And there's been a 542% increase in excess deaths amongst those zero to 14 in Europe. 542%. 7,000 extra deaths per month in the UK right now over what they usually average. It's a fact, absolute fact. Why is it that they stop releasing their COVID hospitalization and death rates among the vaccinated? Why did they stop releasing that out of the UK, Canada? And then the US did that long before any of them. Why, why, would, they, why would they not want us to know how many people are dying of COVID or hospitalized from COVID that are vaccinated? Why, why would they not want us to know that? There is, they actually put out verbiage because they didn't want us sheep, us peasants, to misunderstand. We're okay. You don't need to shield me from mis misinformation or disinformation. I'm good. I'm 53. I'm good. Listen, if you're dumb enough to believe some of those things that people put out, then you're dumb enough to believe those things. So, listen, some of you, <laughs> the things that you believed over the last couple years, just because somebody put it out there, the conspiracies, the QAnon, all that stuff, I'm telling you, and then it never happens, but man, you are fervent and you stick with it anyway. What are you, a Mormon? You a Jehovah's Witness? One, one prophecy after another never happens, so they just change their Bible? It's a fact. This summer, there was 10,000 non-COVID-related excess deaths in Europe in one week. It's all facts. 100% facts. But don't worry, because France is recruiting 3,000 green police. As we add on 87,000 IRS employees and agents, they're at, which by the way is green police. It's all about subjection. It's all about submission. All you ever have to do, if you, if you follow me around, I preach the gospel, right? You preach the gospel, right? If you follow me around, you will see me obey the gospel. Because I really fear God. People oftentimes are like, how do, how do you do this or how do you do that? I'm scared of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of being smart. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, Proverbs 9, 10. So I fear God. So you know that I'm actually legit. All the people that are pushing climate change, not a one of them follows it. They're always talking about you turning down your AC, you getting an electric car, you having a windmill hooked to your house. Of which I say, no. You stop eating beef. Right. Amen. There are a bunch of hypocrites. You don't fly. You don't drive. While they prance about the globe. Taylor Swift. God won't let me badmouth pastors, but celebrities, it is open season. 
I will fillet them up. Taylor Swift flew 127 times this year on her private jet, and she's not even on tour. Where are you going, Taylor? And she's a climate activist. Flying once on a private jet, of which I have no problem with unless you're a hypocrite. Flying once on a private jet is 8,000 times the amount. It's 8,000 times, I don't know the proper verbiage, the, the carbon footprint of a normal household for a year. And she did it 127 times this year already. And we're only nine months into the year. 29 months and the 15 days to flatten the curve. <laughs> Pastor Rodney just got back. He's doing his 300 city tour, just did it. Some cities in, uh, in Texas. Texas is absolutely under submission. They're living in fear. Every, people are masked all over the place in Texas. Why? He went up and asked Texans, why? Why is everybody masked around here? He goes, because all the Californians are moving here. It's true. It's true. So what's so funny is Californians flee high taxation, high government regulation, and COVID restrictions they flee all those things and then reinstitute them at the place they move. Because people, listen, you can move all you want. You're taking you with you. For all of you in here, the thing in Tennessee is the answer. You're like, Tom, where do you get that from? And listen, I'm so, I've tried to buy five houses in Tennessee over the last two years. I love Tennessee, I just know it's not the answer. I'm not trying to, I'm not moving. I just want to go up there for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because I'm tired of getting eaten alive by no seams while I'm hanging my Christmas lights. <laughs> Sweat pouring off of me. How's that Christmas? It's December 12th. <laughs> you know, come on, man. It should be snowballing. Where's the snow? You're like, Tom, you dummy, you live in Florida. I know, I love Florida every month of the year, the exception of November and December. Because it's easy living. How many of you are from up north, like an Arctic, an Arctic area? It's hard living. You gotta go out, you gotta put on five layers, your car's frozen, your windshield's got ice. I don't want those trouble, I, troubles, I'm lazy. I don't wanna go out there every day. But yet, November, December, that's where I want to be. I just want a cold then. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get, let's get serious now. <laughs> See, the thing, about, the thing about me, the thing about this church is, I'm serious about God's business. I'm just not serious. I don't, I don't walk around with ominous music playing in my head. I, do, I don't do it. I try to shed affliction all the time. Get that off of me. Get that off of me. I don't glory in it. I don't marinate myself in it. I don't try to win people with it. I try to win people with the gospel of Jesus. This is roughly, roughly where we left off last week. Jesus is the word, amen? We hear that all the time. Well, why wouldn't you? If we are Christians... 
which means we are followers of Jesus, then who and what is Jesus? Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. John 1.1, the Word became flesh and, and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, John 1.14. There are three that bear witness in heaven. They don't even say the Son here. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. 1 John 5.7. So Jesus is the Word. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. You break that verse down a little bit more. Faith comes from what you listen to. Whatever you're listening to becomes your faith. If you listen to depressing, affliction, motive, Christian music, I'm afflicted. I, I, listened to, I just turned it off last night. I had a radio on, and this guy comes on, he starts listing. He's singing. It's a song. Listing his afflictions. And basically, that's just what my life is all about. I just went off. That's not the gospel. And that's the problem inside of the modern church. The problem inside of the modern church is that everybody's version of love and compassion has trumped the word of God. People, you hear me say this every week, people would consider Jesus to be unchristlike. You whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones and all unclean. <gasps> That's not Christ-like. Uh, is it true? Were, were they that you appear beautiful outwardly? You are you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. Matthew twenty three twenty seven. That's Jesus talking. That's not Christ-like. You see? Does that? Let me just ask you. You don't don't shake your head. Don't nod. I'm reading your faces. Is that unchristlike for you? That's why the entire church folded and caved. That's why, that's why the love of most will grow cold. They don't know what it means to have Jesus bravado. To stand up. When he made a whip of cords and, and drove them all out of the temple, that wasn't very Christ-like. By whose standards? Yours or the Bible's? The problem in the modern church is everybody's living by their own standards. Not the word of God. I'm gonna show everybody my compassion by strapping a mask on, by locking down because we wanna be in lockstep with the world and show the world that we care. Where, is the, where does the Bible say, show the world that you care? It says that you're a shining city on a hill. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Not show them that you care. You show them that you care by actually acting in the miraculous, acting in the word of God, not acting like the world. I believe that the Bible says to no longer conform to the pattern of this world. So if the pattern of this world is A, you should be doing B, right? So Jesus is the word. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So faith comes from the word, Jesus is the word, so faith comes from Jesus. Radical faith. Now this is right where we left off this week. Now you're gonna wonder, how does this relate? But you'll see it. So everything about Jesus, him being the word, is faith. Everything. Calling the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which was, we, which was the equivalent 
of not only calling the religious elite of the day whitewashed tombs, but it was also the equivalent of calling esteemed establishment Republicans and Democrats whitewashed tombs. It's the truth. They were under the Roman Empire, but they were actually ruled by the Sanhedrin. Amen. So he's calling not only the religious leaders of the day whitewashed tombs, he's calling the political leaders of the day whitewashed tombs. And then all the Christians say, don't preach politics from the pulpit. Not a Bible verse. So no thank you. Spin it sideways. So you have to come with the bravado of Jesus. I don't care if you're quiet or you're loud like me. I'm loud. But you, come, you have to come with the bravado of Jesus Christ. Hit not, not your bravado. We don't, have the fa- we don't have faith in Jesus. We have the faith of Jesus. You guys do listen to messages. So you come with his style. I walked into Pastor Rodney's office. Everybody, everybody ever seen Pastor Ray sing? Up there at the river, beautiful, professional, unbelievable singer. I walked into his office. I just, just met Pastor Rodney. I walked into his office. He likes to test you. So I walk into his office, and he says, Pastor Ray's been having some throat trouble. He go, and he's like, would you pray over him? He doesn't even know me. So what did I do? Oh, well, you know, uh, Jesus, <laughs> to be your will, just reach out and, 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 and touch him. And that's not Jesus style. I went up and grabbed his neck. I receive healing now in Jesus' name. That's what you do. I don't, I don't pray long prayers. Why? Jesus didn't. Why do you? The reason why you pray long prayers is because you have no power. So you want everybody to think you're powerful through your long prayers. Oh, look at how much he knows. People, I know people have been disappointed by me praying. Oh, would you have Pastor Tom pray? And I come up to him and I just say, Lord, I receive healing for all these ailments right now in Jesus' name. To complete disappearance now in Jesus' name. Of course, the prayers that I pray and the prayers that you pray, those of you who stand in faith in accordance to the word of God, because there's a different kind of faith out there. Real faith is the word of God. We see way more results than those who pray those long, flowery prayers. So why don't, this is right where I left off. Now, this is gonna be offensive to some of you, especially if you're a Calvinist. I'm just warning you. Listen, there's Calvinist people, Calvinist Christians that are better Christians than me. They really are. They're better than me because you know what? They haven't had they haven't had the ups and downs. They haven't they you know they don't throw the temper tantrums. I'm doing good though. I'm on a long streak of no temper tantrums. This device has lasted for a while. <laughs> My Achilles heel is technology. So it's, I'm not saying the Calvinists aren't saved. I can't be any nicer than that. I'm just saying you love John Calvin more than Jesus because you follow John Calvin more than you follow the word. It's true. You're leaving out vast swaths of scripture. How do you do it? Nobody can ever lose their salvation. Where do you get that from? 
Go, go ahead, look it up right now. I, I give you all permission. People come up to me outside. I just want you to know, Pastor Tom, that when I'm on my phone, I'm on Bible Gateway. I'm just following you. I know, you're good. You're good. I understand, I understand the signs of the times. You're good. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Where, where do you get that from? If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are they saved? By knowing. By knowing. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. Amen? That's just the truth. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 14. Read it for yourself. Right after those verses comes the famous verse, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. There's a reason why that verse follows that, follows that one. God knew. There's all these parents telling their kids, oh, I'm so thankful that you got saved when you were five years old at VBS. And now you're eternally secure. And now their son's gay, living with a man, believing he's eternally secure, going to an ark church. He's an usher at the door. He's a member of the choir. It's true. Tom, you just said gay in the church. Yeah, I'll say gay, I'll say fornicate. I'll say anything. I don't cuss, but I'll say anything else. Why do Calvinists never see miracles? Why do those, I'll, I'll even make it even softer. Why do those who do not follow the word, why do they not see miracles? Why? This is right where we left off last week, 11.19, we're starting the message. We'll be out of here by 1.30. <laughs> Just kidding, new people. You'll be out of here about one hour from now. Good? I'm talking out the door one hour from now. Good? The reason why we don't see miracles is because faith is Jesus. Faith is the word. So faith is the attitude the bravado of Jesus. You have to approach any need for the miraculous with his attitude about the need. Otherwise, you're not approaching in faith because faith is Jesus. Faith is the word. Do you see it? You, the, most, most people don't see the miraculous because they don't fear God enough. They're not sharp enough for the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's how you have to approach a need. I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble paying my rent. No problem. It's not, oh, God. I'm so sorry to hear that. Just know that I'm with you. I'm gonna go grab some flute players in the back and we're all gonna come out here <laughs> and surround you with love and affection. No, you go up to me and say, no problem. 
but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It is finished in Jesus' name. And if you, were, if you are where you're supposed to be, you'll pay his month's rent for him. Because you are rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. I love all of these lack-based Christians, poverty-based Christians, who claim they're just like the left. Claim to have great compassion for the poor and never pay anybody's rent, never buy anybody any of their groceries, nothing, because they themselves can't afford it. Well, here he is, health and wealth. Well, that's the Bible. How could the Bible not be about health and wealth when it's called the gospel? The almost too good to be true news. Aren't you glad you're here this morning? Yes, you could, you could be trapped at some soft-pedaled church right now. You got to come, just come in here. Just lay yourself wide open and let the bat hit you right in the face. This is just as much for me as it is for you. It pierces my soul just as much as it pierces you. It's just as painful for me. That quick and powerful and sharp-edged sword fillets me wide open just like it does you. You see, they're not sharp enough. When they approach the need, they're not sharp enough. They don't hate enough. You gotta go up to cancer and you have to hate it. Listen, taking care of the sick is great and godly, but you ought to want to make them unsick. A lot of people like being sick. Yeah, I see. You got that relative, don't you? They love being afflicted. I have bipolar. I've got ACDCBCAD. I've got this, and, and I've got that, and oh, I've got this. And, you know, once I turned 40, it all went downhill from there. And oh. You should Matthew 16, 23 them. Get behind me, Satan. Not, oh, I feel so sorry for you. What can I do? Best thing you can do for them is tell them to shut up. Shut your mouth. Stop talking like that. Nobody talks like that around me, ever, because they know what's coming. No. So I'm going to show you these verses. Now, we've looked at these before, but this is the attitude that you should have about sin as a believer. I'm not talking about the world now. Narrow is the way, few find it. We all know that out of the seventh chapter of Matthew. Very few people will ever get saved out of the eight billion that live on the planet right now. But that doesn't mean we are not called to win millions, and we will. Did you show those pictures from Africa today? You see what, look at, do you see what you are doing? That isn't me, that's us. I can't pay for that, we can pay for that. In my mind right now, I'm singing, nobody's got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that, I don't know why. In my head. I can't pay for that, and nobody's got time for that, yeah. 
I don't know why. <laughs> Just there floating around. Ain't nobody got time for that. What you gonna do with your pants on the ground? I don't know, it's all floating in my head right now. Pants on the ground, pants on the ground. What you gonna do with your pants on the ground? I don't know, it's all in my head right now. It's got that little rhythm. It's a beautiful mind, it's a beautiful mind. Amen. Amen. God is good. But I can't pull off a crusade like that in Africa. Pastor Dan can. Bia can. I don't know how many people were in that picture. 150,000? There was, I mean, tens of thousands, 100,000, hundreds of thousands. I can't tell. It's too big. It's, it's, you can't, the, the camera can't capture it. We're doing that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. There's churches that are three times our size that can't put out that kind of finance like we did. Call up, call up a missionary. This is not me. This is you. My tithe was in there with yours. I called up Pastor Daniel and I said, hey, how much do you need? How much is left that you need for your crusade? And he goes, he goes, uh, Pastor Tom, and he has that thick South African accent. He goes, Pastor Tom, I still need $69,000. And I said, you know what? We're sending that to you right now. That's you. That's you. That's you. Amen. Amen. But see, you have to, if you're going to approach any need for the miraculous, any need for the miraculous has to be approached has to be approached his style. What we got going on over here? Everybody good? Oh, okay. Let him go. It's hard for me to preach hellfire and brimstone with them laughing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and I will tell you this. I will tell you this. What I have to say is not nearly as important as what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. Listen, I can flat out tell you you're better off being touched by God. Just let God touch you this morning, right where you're at. Let him touch you right where you're at in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Let him touch you right where you are at. Right where you're at. Just say, Lord, touch me. Right now, touch me right where I'm. We're getting back to the word. But Lord, touch me right now in Jesus' mighty name. Touch me, Lord. I am all in in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. But you have to approach the need for the miraculous. You have to approach the need for the miraculous in his word, in his attitude, with his bravado. Otherwise, you're not operating in faith. If you're not coming with the attitude of the author of faith, you are not coming in faith. 
You have to come with the hatred. You got to hate cancer. You have to hate lack like he does. You have, you have to come with that attitude now. Let me show you in the rudimentary. Now this is for Christians and sin. Now Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 3 and 12, you don't, he says, you know what? You judge those inside the church. He doesn't judge the world. He judges those inside the church. A lot of you were taught to never judge. It's not Christ-like to judge. How many of you believe that? Shout amen. No, don't. How many of you believe that it's not, uh, judge, judge not yes, lest thee be judged, right? That's talking about if you're doing the same things. You therefore have no excuse, you pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you yourself do the same things, Romans 2.1. Jesus said, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment, John 7, 24. You are called to judge. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, 1 Corinthians two fifteen. So you are called to judge. So inside, judgment begins where? Right here. So drop all of what you believe about judgment that's not, the, that's not a Bible verse. Drop it, right now, drop it, dropped. I never wanted to tell my daughter, you know, that she shouldn't be dating that guy who's not a, not a believer. Why? What's the Bible say? She's not, to be, she's not to be yoked together with unbelievers. If she's an unbeliever, you know what? Then you just, you say, you know what? You, you can live however you want when you turn 18. Till then, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Whether you want to or not. And if you don't want to, when you turn 18, so long. And by the way, you own nothing because I own everything you have. So take your clothes and good luck out there. You need about 10 grand to move into anything now. Up front, I'm talking about renting a one bedroom apartment. So how do we approach sin inside the body of Christ? If you want to see the miraculous, then you have to have the attitude and the bravado. And it starts with how you deal with sin. You have to hate sin. You Listen, parents, look at me. All you guys, everybody who's a parent, look at me. You need to hate when your child sins. You need to hate when your child is disobedient to you. Not accommodate it. Oh, I understand. You know, he's having a hard day today. He, he's just brilliant. That's why. You know how many times I've heard that? Law enforcement, 25 years. Pastoring this church 17 years. You know how many times I've heard parents of unruly kids tell me, he's just that way because he's brilliant. <laughs> I'll beat that IQ right out of his rear end. <laughs> Sign a waiver. Sign a waiver, give him to me for a week. Give me your child for a week. He won't hit his mom in the face anymore, which I've seen happen here I'm talking about little babies, like two-year-olds. No, 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 flailing about, hitting their own mother while dad sits there with his thumb up his rear end. <laughs> Do something. That's your wife. Your demon spawn is beating your wife. 
We could call the cops right now. It's domestic violence. Do something. All the men and all the preachers now believe it's an attribute to be beta. It's not. They all take their pictures. What is that? What a man. You're a man. I can smile for any camera. Step in there. You know how many times my kids ever hit my, my wife? Zero. They knew. You know, listen, it cost me my career, it cost me my career. I don't care. You ain't hitting my wife. His dad's standing there, the kid's pulling away, the mom's giving all that she has. It's a three year old boy. And dad's just standing, oh, <laughs> so I, don't know, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what? Get in there. Those people will never see the miraculous. They don't approach things right. They don't approach with bravado. They don't approach with the attitude of Jesus. They're, they're wimps. They're cowards. You're like, Tom, haven't you ever been a coward in your life? Yeah, I've done cowardly things. I've turned from my cowardice. Everybody has. So have you. Even men. There's men in here that have fought in wars but are scared of their wives. <laughs> Stealing this from, from, from Major Ryan Brown from the sheriff's office. Laying hate down range in Afghanistan and yet won't stand up to their wife. A hard, clad killer, scared to death of their four-year-old. Yeah, they could snap my neck. I mean, I get it. It doesn't make you, doesn't make you brave because you can snap my neck when your four-year-old's dragging your wife into the parking lot. I don't want anybody to know we have family. You have family problems. We all now know. Go fix it. I've been, listen, I've been in those restaurant situations just like you. You think I, I'm the, I am the father of an MMA fighter. Think he was just easy? It's a man who walks into a cage and be, beats people's faces in for a living. You think he was just easy? No. Him and his mother used to fight like cats and dogs, and he was too. I'd hear them yelling at each other. She was a brand new parent. I was a brand new parent. And I would yell across the house and say, you two sound like brother and sister. She's mega pregnant. They're fighting back and forth until she discovered the wooden spoon. He was never that way around me, ever. Not for a second, he was an angel. He'll be like, how is it like that? Whenever you walk in, he stops. And I'm like, yeah, because he knows. What I say is going to happen. What you say might happen. And then she changed that. And what she said would happen. And then it all stopped. Tommy, one time in a hotel room, I'm laying on a bed. He's laying on top of me and bit me right on my left butt cheek. <laughs> I 
And a lot of you parents, oh, you know, he's just, he's teething. I don't, I'm teething. <laughs> I sprung around, grabbed him up under his armpit. Wham, oh, wham, you do not bite me. That was the last bite ever. It hurt. I can still feel it on my left cheek right now. That was it. He told me no one time in his life. One time in his life he told me no. I told him to get in the car. He goes, no. And I sprung at him like a jaguar. Wham, oh wham. These aren't your, it's a lot of you guys, you spank like this, you know. No, no. These are man-sized whoopings. Last time he ever said no. Norma never bothered to ever even try to say no, because it was modeled in front of her. You come with the right attitude, and if you have to, fake it till you make it. Put on the, the garment of praise. Praise whether you feel like it or not. Be obedient whether you feel like it or not. Put on the attitude whether you have it or not. All right, back to the Bible. So where should, now we're going to develop, starting at the rudimentary, how you and I develop faith. We have to start with sin. Inside the church. Anybody in here but me sinned since you've been a Christian? You should see the faces. I'm looking at your faces. You don't realize I am, but I am. I can't get much of you guys in the first three rows, but everybody else, I'm looking at your faces. And a lot of you just looked at me like, no, not me. I've never sinned since I don't know. I've never sinned since I was saved. Anybody else struggled with sin since you've been saved? I have. This is for us. And until you deal correctly with sin... You can't deal correctly with disease. You can't deal correctly with lack. You can't deal correctly in the miraculous. You gotta get right here. We have men laying hands on the sick who are addicted to pornography. Why do you always talk about that, Tom? Because it's a plague. I've told you this many times, but when I, when I was... A young man in my 20s, even my 30s, if you wanted to look at pornography, you had to do the walk of shame. Walk into the 7-Eleven. <laughs> Go back, buy your props, some gum, some Dr. Pepper. Act like you're there for any other reason but porn. And walk up there, and it's always, of course, a female cashier. Oh, yeah, can I have the, um, can I have the uh, penthouse this month? And you're like, and your heart's pounding a 1,000 miles an hour. That kept people out of sin. But now, it's right here. It's free. Nobody knows. Everybody knows their way around all the accountability measures. I'm just, Tommy, man, you just speak outright truth. Why, why would I not? A lot of men put themselves on accountability measures with their wives, so if, they're, if they look at porn, it goes to their wife. But they already found their way around it. 
you're going to go to hell anyway, even if you've gotten away with it from your wife. Oh, I, she doesn't know. God does. And I'm talking about not just outright concession to sin. I'm talking about you struggle. You get it wrong. You get it wrong. Listen, I've looked at plenty of porn. Does that make you feel better? Plenty. So I'm not coming down on you. And I'm not condemning you. Condemning means to deem you outright useless. That's what condemnation means. Doesn't mean calling out your sin. You're condemning me. You're shaming me. I'm not shaming you or condemning you. I'm talking about what's going on in your life. Uh, ladies, I don't know how you sin. Gossip. You do that. You run, you run the suck. You do. You run the pie chute. But so do men. So I, I, men gossip just as much as women. Why women go to hell? I don't know all the reasons why they don't. They go for sexual sin too. But men, that's a major problem for us. Major problem for us. So we need to, we need to have the apropos approach. Now here's the thing. Men struggling with sin. They're in and out of sin. And then they go up and they want the miraculous because they're on an up cycle right now. They're not approaching sin correctly. You should be in stark terror of sin. You know why? Because the great white throne judgment is coming for us all. Stark terror of sin. Not, not like the modern church. Well, we all struggle. How many of you know we all sin every day? That's not true. I know men who never sin. Oh, that's impossible. It's not. Jesus demands it. Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father's perfect. And wait till I show you. I probably won't get to it today because I blithered on and on about other things. But not only do we live in the faith of Jesus, we actually live in the obedience of Jesus. Which, by the way, are one and the same. Because there is no faith without works. There is no works without faith. I won't get to that today, probably. It's 11.43. See, I always think I'm going to get a lot more material in than I actually ever get in. Aaron's laughing. He knows because he produces all my stuff. Aaron, here's all the stuff now. We all know. Like, here, Aaron, here's 67 slides. Now we know you're only going to get to 19. No, I'm, I don't feel like talking tonight. That's why I say in front of the podcast, I don't really feel like talking tonight. So I'm probably, you know, Aaron's like, Aaron says, listen, I love you. I do. But we both know. <laughs> that you're never going to, you know, once you start talking. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you hug on Aaron a lot because there's no Tom without Aaron. <laughs> but how should we approach sin inside the church? Hebrews chapter 6, 4 through 8. Know these verses. Everybody's scared of them. I, was, I wouldn't even, I would not turn to the sixth chapter of Hebrews for the first 20 years that I was saved. Seriously. Because I was scared of the, there's no reason to be scared. I'm going to bring you through this, but I want you to be scared of unrepentant sin. Because you will never give sight to the blind until you deal with sin correctly. Not just with you, your attitude about it. You have to have the bravado. If you don't approach one area correctly, you will not approach the other area correctly. You have to hate sin as much as you hate disease. You have to hate disease as much as you hate sin. If you don't hate either one of them, you won't get rid of either one of them. 
For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Oh my gosh, that, that, uh, all of you are thinking, that's me. I, I, I've, no, are you willing to repent? Amen. It's not you. Amen. You see it? If you're willing to, this is for people who are not scared of sin. And that's why they never heal the sick. They're not scared of sin. They don't have the appropriate attitude. They don't fear enough. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about worldly, worldly fear. I'm talking, I'm talking 2 Corinthians 7.10 fear. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. That's Proverbs 29.20. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. I'm not talking about worldly fear. I'm talking about fear of God. Again, I'll ask you this. How many of you had, not a good dad, how many of you had a great dad? Why was he great? Because there was fear there. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about there was fear. When he walked in the house, everything changed. When Chuck Lipley, as my dad, we have the same name, Charles Thomas Lipley, but he goes by Chuck, I go by Tom. When Chuck Lipley walked in the house, everything changed. He had forearms the size of, of pine trees. <laughs> he was six foot one, about 220, strong as an ox, Vietnam veteran, afraid of nothing. Nothing, afraid of nothing. Everything changed when he walked in the house. I didn't dare smart mouth my mother, and I smart mouthed her all day. <laughs> when he walked in, over. I didn't pick on my sister anymore. I went and played in my room. <laughs> or I went outside. And he was very loving, very sweet, very supportive. But you didn't poke that bear. You just stay away from that bear. You didn't go up there and, ooh, nothing. <laughs> That's how you should be with God. You're struggling with sin. You should be like, you know what? I got to get rid of that today. It's heaven and hell. Oh, I was raised a Calvinist. I don't care. You're going to be judged by a non-Calvinist. I was taught you can never lose your salvation. Look, how are you taught that? It is impossible for those who were once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the word of God. They tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance. Since they crucify again for themselves the son of God and put them to an open shame. How do you believe you can never lose your salvation? And I could go, I, could, I, I have them all memorized. I could do a litany of 10 verses. All that prove Eternal security doesn't exist, but yet how many Christians believe that it does? Either doctrinally or just in their spirit. You, and that's why, that's why everybody closed. It's a 99.9% .9 survival virus. 
Cast it out in Jesus' name. But see, they don't have the right approach towards sin. They don't have the right approach towards disease. They don't hate it. They're soft. They're soft. You used to see this on the football field at University of Central Florida. You had these guys come out. Even, even like what you would call blue chip recruits. But they were blue chip in high school because they just happened to be bigger and stronger than everybody. You go out there and you're 18 years old and there's 23-year-old men on the field. Different ball game. <laughs> you know how many of those young men, I was just a walk-on. They would leave in the middle of the night, go back home. They didn't have it. You gotta, be a, you gotta go out there, you gotta be a stone-cold killer. Or you just gotta be like me and just be like, you know what, my life's over. <laughs> These guys are gonna kill me. And I know it, I just laid my life down as a sacrifice. <laughs> Sweet smelling aroma unto the Lord. You gotta have the right attitude. So this is where it begins. Listen to this, verse seven, or in Hebrews chapter six. For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned, written to the church at Jerusalem. That's why we don't see the miraculous. We don't have the attitude. We don't have the faith. It starts right here. I hate sin. I don't ever want to. I hate when I sin. I sin too much. I hate when I sin. And I never marinate in it. I don't sit around in my sin. I don't make excuses for it. As soon as I can. My wife will ask me something. What, what are you praying right now? You'll see me doing this. As I'm praying. And not always about sin. It could be anything. If I, see, if I, if I hear something about, that somebody needs healing, I pray right there. Lord, receive healing for them right now in Jesus' name. Right now. Receive healing for them in Jesus' name. And if I sin, Lord, I'm sorry. I just lied right there. Just, Lord, if you want me to go. Go ahead, cut it off. There you go. Thank you. See, so yeah, that's the type A. Most people have never said anything. I can't help it yet. But my mind's being renewed. But I, pray, I don't ever just marinate in my sin. If I, got, if I got it wrong, then I'm getting it right now. But a lot of Christians, just sin is not that big a deal to them. It's all part of the process. No, the sin is different than everything else. You're sleeping with your boyfriend right now? You're going to hell for it. Look at me. You're going to hell for it. It's Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. Fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's written to the Galatian church. And it actually says at the end of those three verses, I warn you now as I've warned you before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I love you. Is that clear? I love you enough to tell you that I will grab you by your hair and pull you out of the depths. It may be painful, but you're out. Other churches, they're like, just keep her in the fold. And somehow she's going to, via osmosis, learn the things that we never tell her. How then, how then can they call on the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without somebody telling them? Romans 10, 14. That's right. Where does that come from? That's right after the salvation verse in Romans 10, 9 through 12, through 13. 
That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your mouth, it is with, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I skipped verse 12 there, but that's 10 through 13. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. See, nobody will tell you that in church because they want you to come back. Look, the room, look around you right now. There's lots of people in here. I could pimp and whore myself to the crowd. It, it may not be anything that you'd buy. However... However, I don't, I don't want you to go to hell. I don't, I don't want, because someday I think we'll know everything. We won't be as God himself, but we'll know everything. And I think we'll be able to walk around and be able to tell whoever went to, your, to our churches and who didn't. I don't want somebody who came to my church who's living in sin to walk out living in sin. I don't want anybody to walk in who's has infirmity, sickness, illness, disease, infirmity. I don't want them to walk out with that. You need to hate both equally or you're not approaching them correctly, either one. It all starts with your approach to sin. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. How do you test yourself? Now, you're, is this a command? Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Check it right now. Will you do that? Because here's the thing, I, I definitely want you to go to heaven. I want you to get rid of sin. But also I want you then to perform how God wants you to perform. Raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, winning the lost, provision to the poor, which will never happen until you do this. Some of you don't need to worry about sin right now. You would need to worry about your moods. You, and and you're, you're completely governed by that which you feel. You feel bad, so bad day. Feel good, good day. But the good days get less and less and the bad days get more and more because your carnality's taken over. And you will never win the lost either. You may go to heaven, but you weep in heaven for all the souls that you were called to save and didn't. Because you are all caught up in you. And trust me, I am not coming down on you. Because I have done the same thing. You have heard me say numerous times from this pulpit that I have wasted decades of my own life. But better is one day. I'm not gonna allow my waste to waste the rest of my life. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. How do you test? How do I line up with the word of God? Most Christians will never, will never ever check themselves, test themselves according to the, will, to the word of God they would rather test themselves according to their own beliefs. Well, I'm a loving person. That's not a Bible verse. Yes, right now, my, I, my boyfriend and I are sleeping together, but you know what? We love Jesus. No, you don't. Those who love him keep his commands. John 14, see, that's testing yourself. You see it? That's testing yourself. Examining yourself. I love Jesus, but I lie every day. And you don't love Jesus. Faith without works is dead. They're indistinguishable from one another. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Written to the church at Corinth. These aren't written to the world. Soft-peddling pastors 
act like Bible verses that go against their beliefs were written to the world. They're not written to the world. They're written to the church when they're written to the church. When you hear them talking about the world, they're talking about the world. When, they're, when you're told via a letter written from Paul to examine yourself, to test yourself, that's written first to the leaders of that church, then to be disseminated down into the brethren, which includes the women. So there's, let, me, let me close with this. So that's how you approach sin inside the church. See how quiet it gets whenever you talk about this? Again, I give you the COVID update. I tell you not to hang your head. The only reason why you should hang your head because of sin is if you're unwilling to repent. Then hang your head. You should hang your head. If you're not going to change, hang your head. You're welcome in this church anytime. You're not causing a disturbance. You're welcome. You can come here. There's lots of people. I used to wonder how people would survive in here. I'm like, how do you come here every week? I wouldn't. If I was living the way you are, I wouldn't come here. If I was, if I was hung, if my butt was sagging over a bar stool, I wouldn't come here. But people do. I love you. And the only reason why you should hang your head is if you're unwilling to turn from sin. And the only reason why I'm telling you to turn from, well, the two reasons I'm telling you to turn from sin is so that you go to heaven and that you can experience heaven on earth. That's it. That's my motivation. It's not to expose you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here and give a confessional. I'm the only one who needs to do a confessional. I'll tell you stuff. I don't need to. I'll tell you stuff. You don't need to. I'm not telling you to come up and ex to expose you and say, you know what, this is all my faults and fit. No, just get it right with God. You'll have an opportunity in about 10 minutes. If you don't do these things, if you don't start right here, you'll never see miracles. Now, that doesn't bother most Christians. I got a yeah over here from Nas because she actually wants to see miracles, actually operates in miracles. She does. It's prophetic. So a lot of Christians don't consider miracles to be a part of Christianity. Didn't Jesus use miracles? So if Jesus won the lost via miracles, then why are we winning them with goofy signs on State Road 41? <laughs> Motorcycle Sunday, we're giving away a Harley. Jet ski Sunday. We're giving away a wave runner. Come one, come all. Egg extravaganza. <laughs> Having a helicopter fly in with Santa Claus dropping Easter eggs. That's the church. <laughs> the reason why we have to resort to that is nobody cares about miracles anymore. I do. Do you? You don't get things right. I'm not talking, listen, I'm not even talking, well, you know what, I got my sin right. Good, good, you're going to heaven, right? But you also have to have the right attitude towards sin from now on. You have to have the right attitude toward the need for the miraculous. 
sickness, illness, disease, lack. You have to have the right attitude or you're not coming in faith because you have to come in the word, which is Jesus. You have to come in Jesus' name. You have to come in his attitude. Or you'll never see the miraculous. And sadly, that doesn't bother most Christians. You know what they'll do? They'll perpetually try to increase their faith. They'll do one of two things. I'm closing, 1201. We'll have an altar call at 1210. We'll be out at 1220. Everybody good? When in Rome, be a Roman. Where do you get that from, Tom? That's the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 23. Becoming like the weak, those under the law, those with no law, and the Jews to win them. That's what you do. So I know it's America. And it's 1202. (laughs) And you've been here for an hour and 57 minutes because our church service actually starts at 10.05. So there you go. So I know. Just so you know, I know, because I want you to relax and actually hear it. Not, when are we getting out of here? My butt hurts. Okay. (laughs) I know. If you're me and you're 240 pounds, which I am, my butt always hurts in every church service. There's all that pressure pushing down on my butt cheeks. Rotate the legs. Rodney Howard Brown service, I'm five hours and 15 minutes in. I'm rotating. So I just want you to be able to relax and know so that, you, that we're gonna leave sh- very shortly. We're not gonna see each other again until next Sunday. So get out of this what God wants you to get out of it. If you don't see miracles, if you don't perform miracles, you will fall into one of two categories or both. And that is you will perpetually be asking, I don't, I don't see the powerful, I don't see the miraculous. Lord, increase my faith. Luke 17, five and six, the apostles came to Jesus, said increase our faith. Matthew 17 basically came and said the same thing. Jesus always tells them, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mulberry tree, you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and it will be done. Now we all amen that and move no mountains. Because Christianity, for most people, at, to some degree, is mythology. It's inspirational. It's not supposed to be inspirational. It's supposed to be life application. So you'll be perpetually trying to, to increase your faith. I just don't have the faith. That's not true. You were given, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the measure of faith. It cannot be increased. It cannot be decreased. It can only be affected by unbelief. That's it. You have somebody like Tiger Woods. He was given immense talent. It can only be affected by effort. Will you do it or will you not? That's, That's belief. That's faith. That talent's there. It will never go away. He will always be able to hit a golf ball 315 yards. He has the ability to do that. The only question is, what will he do with the ability? There's not a man in this room that's not capable of bench pressing over 200 pounds. Not one. The only question is, will you ever do it? I'm not saying you should. I'm just using that as an example. Will you do what it takes? Everybody has been given the measure of faith. 
but it gets affected by unbelief. Life experiences, your own words, the words of others, soft peddling preachers, sorrow, attitude affects it. And it's all unbelief. And you'll, instead of dealing with the unbelief, you'll be asking God to increase his perfect gift. How would, you ever, how, would you ever, how would you ever go to God and say, I need more God? I need more of you, Lord. No, you need less of you. He's already given you all of him. You are in the way. You and I, we are the unbelief. Melt the ice wall. All the river is behind like pressurized water behind the ice wall. Go up with the pick and start poking holes in it. Yeah. Boom. It's not any effort except to get rid of the blockade. Don't ask God to do your job. He's not going to study to show himself approved. He, already, he is the word. Why does he have to study? You study himself? What am I going to do today? Go home and study my own hand? Oh, there is, yeah, there's a crease right there. And there's, oh, yeah. You'll be perpetually asking God to increase your faith. That's number one. If you, don't, if you don't want miracles or you don't approach miracles correctly, you'll be asking God to do that. Or number two, you will change your theology. No miracles. No, oh, you know, that was the time back in the book of Acts. Where's that? I never read that. I've read the entire Bible. I've never seen anything that limits God, that limits the miraculous. I believe it goes the other way. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same and, right, so how is it that that was just for the time of the book of Acts? You know why? Because they don't want it, they do not want to break down the wall. It's too much pressure on them. They don't want to take any responsibility. What they want to do is that you have a cancer-ridden person in your church. It's very easy to say, we're just going to care for you. It's risky to go up and say, you will be made well. Anybody who ever comes up to me and they say, I have this condition, what's my response? Not for long. It's risky to do that. There might be unbelief in the camp. Theirs or mine. But I'm not, I am not going to let that ice wall of unbelief stay. I'm going to melt it. If Jesus felt it was necessary to perform miracles for his ministry, ought we not to perform miracles in our ministry? Isn't it necessary? Which is why the church turns to gimmickry. And, and again, if you don't approach miracles correctly, then you're not approaching anything correctly. That's why they all shut down and they're all vaccinated. I was talking to Jonathan Shuttlesworth yesterday. And he told me, I can't drop names. This is a huge name. Everybody in this room knows who they are. I won't tell you. And I'm not telling you at the door either, so don't ask. But this man is one of the biggest names in Christianity as a sanctuary that seats 5,000. It was jam-packed before COVID. Now they have 800. Why? Because be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. If you, show, if you sow uh, church, uh, non-attendance, you will reap non-attendance. Well, we're all doing Zoom. Oh, yeah. It's all the same. No, it's not. You are to assemble yourselves together. You are not assembled together if everybody's in their own homes. With, with, with your Zoom message playing while none of them are watching. 
Your Zoom message is playing all right while they're on Facebook. He, that person sowed that into the ground, and that's what you get back. Understand it. If you're perpetually praying for God to increase your faith, understand that you are praying in fallibility instead of depending on the infallible. Because the infallible says, I can't increase your faith. I've already given you the measure of faith. And if you're asking for an increase of faith, you're actually talking to yourself. You can't increase your faith. There's no way to do it. Amen? That's the way that it is. We have to have the right approach. Worship team, make your way. I'll head towards the end right here. Figuring out the right spot to close. Because everything that I have in here goes on for like 30 minutes each. So I have to find the right spot to close. I'll close right here. This is perfect. How many of you believe that we need the miraculous? If if you're going to be the restraining, the restraining is not simply saying no to everything. I'm against vaccines. And listen, no's are just as important as yeses. Yeses are just as important as no's. What happens in the church is just like how they preach about faith and works. They're turning on stuff up here and it throws off this mic. Aaron's fixing it. If you wonder why I cut in and out. Whenever they have to start turning on instruments, we have a soundboard problem. We have to actually replace the, we have to send it off to get fixed. So it's a hardware problem, not a software problem. But here's the thing with it. If you, when it comes to miracles, a lot of Christians don't think that it's necessary. But it's absolutely necessary. The reason why they don't think it's necessary is they don't read the Bible. Look at what the Bible says. Closing right here. Hebrews chapter 2, 3 and 4. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at, Now listen, everyone thinks that's a sinner's prayer. Salvation is everything. Yes, it is your soul. Yes, it is saving you from sin. But it's also saving you from sickness, illness, disease, and lack. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. By his stripes you were healed. 1 Peter 2.24, Matthew 8.17. It's everything. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both with, you guys are supposed to have that verse up there. I gave you this verse. I know I didn't give you 80% of the verses I used today, but I did give you this one. God also, now how many of you want God to bear you witness? How does he bear you witness? Through your words? Through your beliefs? No, he bears you witness through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, now he who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God's looking for those who are praying the will of God, which is not ambiguity. The will of God is on earth as it is in heaven. So God, because it's impossible to please God without faith, Hebrews eleven six, 6, the prior verse was Romans eight twenty seven. God is roaming, his eyes are looking for prayers out of the will of God, which are the promises of God. Otherwise, it's impossible to please him because it's not faith. People think they lack faith. They don't actually lack faith. They have the wrong faith. They're praying the wrong prayers. God doesn't recognize them. God loves you, but he can't answer a wrong prayer. That's not prayed through, that's not prayed through faith. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? This is where I'm finishing, right here. 
which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. That's how he bears us witness. See, I'm done. He bears us witness through the miraculous. So you have to operate, you have to approach the need for the miraculous with the attitude of Jesus. I hate your infirmity. Tell the person that, I hate that. I hate that it's happening. I hate it. Let's fix it. Let's fix it. You know that may mean you have to tell somebody to go get a job? Anybody ever, anybody, anybody ever done that but me? I told you, don't come to me for counsel. We, we're lacking finances right now. I will go down the list. Who's working in the house? See how quiet it is in here? So you guys are afraid to say it. No, it's, listen. But if any provide not for his own, especially those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I go by the word of God when it comes to work, Bible. Healing, Bible. Prosperity, Bible. Tithing, Bible. Tithing's Old Testament. No, it's not. You don't know the Bible. Jesus is called a priest in the order of Melchizedek, who was the first tither. Whoops. I'll read it for you if you want it. Not right now. Genesis 14, I told you we'd be out of here on time. We'll be out of here at 1214. I told you we'd be out of here at 1220. I usually make that promise. It's like 1223. We have to have God bearing us witness through the miraculous. Amen? Start operating it. Take chances. Put, that, put it all on red and roll the dice. I do. Have people could end up getting mad at you if it doesn't happen. No, they come up to me. I'll say, oh, why didn't it happen, Tom? I'll say, because somebody's got unbelief in the camp. Period. That's it. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need to get your head, if you get head right, yeah. If you need to get your life right, which would be getting your head right. If you need to get your life right with God this morning, now is your time. Right now at this very moment, now is your time. This only altar call we're going to do is right now. What do you mean get your life right? Very simple. This isn't about joining this church. We're not gonna have a membership class right afterwards. I'm not gonna bring you into the back. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna stand you out in front of anybody. It's between me, you, and God, and I am your witness this morning. If you're a Christian and you've fallen away, fallen away does not mean that you struggle with sin. You sin, you get it right, you sin, you get it right. Now, I'm not talking about that. You need to stop doing that, but that's not what I'm addressing right now. I'm talking about those of you that have conceded to sin. You know what, I just can't give it up. I'm still gonna call myself a Christian, but I'm living in sin. It doesn't matter what sin it is either. Oh, this church is so sin-based. It should be. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst, said Paul, 1 Timothy 1.15. If that's you, Christian, I'm talking to you right now. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe people think you're saved and you're not. How do you know if you're saved? Did you ever go to God? in the name of Jesus and relinquish all of your sin onto Jesus' shoulders, the propitiation for your sin, where you simply go to God and say, forgive me for all of my sins. Through what Jesus did on the cross, and I turn now from my sin and repentance. It's not joining a church. It's not being a member of a denomination. It's getting your life right with God and having your sin eradicated. Sin will either be blood-bought or it will be burned. One of the two. That's it. Tom, we don't like things that are scary. 
This is scary as Christ-like sometimes. Sin will be as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103, 12. It'll be removed under the blood of Jesus or it will be burned. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 10, 28. That's the way it is. There's no beating about the bush. If you need to get your life right with God, nobody's looking but me. Don't be that jerk that looks around right now. Make sure your eyes are closed. Don't get in the way of the Holy Ghost. Ananias and Sapphira learned the hard way not to do that. If you need to get your life right, stretch your hand up right where you're at. I'm the only one looking. Go ahead. I got you. I'm looking to my left first. Got you. Coming to the middle. Come on, get them up in the middle. Got you. Now I'm coming to my right. Anybody on my right? Got you. Several. You can put them down. Those of you that raised your hands, we're going to all pray this prayer with you out loud. You pray it out loud to Father God in the name of Jesus. And all of your sins, they are gone. Eradicated instead of burned. In Jesus' mighty name, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them in Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts, amen, that's it. Lots of hands went up. Lots of hands went up. Praise you, Lord, today. I thank you, Lord, for these souls. Stand with me. Every hand in the air. Every hand in the air. If you need prayer this morning, our prayer teams are up here at the end of service. Don't leave without prayer. Let's pray this now. This may seem religious to you. Don't let it be. I mean this. That's how I live my life, is week by week. Join with me or don't, but pray this prayer. We re- don't, don't, I'm not asking you to repeat this prayer. You gotta be, because you guys are so great, you'll do what you're asked to do. But just pray along with me. Lord, we receive out of the kingdom of heaven. We receive healing. We receive restoration. We receive restoration of relationships. We receive walls being broken down. We receive victories that we've never seen before. We receive victory going into areas that we thought was impossible to win. We receive these things this week, and I prophesy over each and every person in this room that this week will be a week of victory and a week of prosperity and a week of healing. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts, amen. God bless you, love you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.